0: The only thing worse than like a a sexually charged sponsorship for a young person is a sexually charged sponsorship (laughs) for a young person with his dad. With your dad.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we secretly run Anthony Edwards Jr.'s Twitter account. Mm -hmm. I'm Jordan. That's Haley. And we have Wolves Beat Writer John Krasinski on the pod today.
0: The Wolves Beat Writer, not the former Office star, current CIA op, John mm-hmm. Krasinski um, mm-hmm. actor. Who's he married to? Emily Blunt. Yeah, it's too. It's it's almost
1: too powerful. Like how they made the Quiet Place too. Like. Mm-hmm.
0: They're much, they're much so like good. Much like
2: the US government. Far much too like the, powerful.
0: <laughs> yeah, makes you think. Yeah. Makes you think. <laughs> I don't know who she could be with in a couple that would like dim the hot, you know, like bring it back to regulation level attractiveness. <laughs> yeah, so. You'd, You'd have, have to be, be regular, regular. R- really really regular yeah um today we're going to talk about the wolves and then later we have a listener email that we're going to get to please keep sending these in they're very fun um also if your question revolves around love or relationships we really enjoyed that and want to keep using producer harry's uh segment title what was it kevin, kevin loveline line. kevin line. that's so good yeah we want to keep using that um, and subscribe to our YouTube so Jordan and I can make more money. And yeah, let's get into it.
1: If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Go to Indeed.com spinsters to claim your $75 credit before April 30th.
0: Look at the shirt I'm wearing. I wore wear it in your honor. Yeah,
3: that's really? what's up. There you go. Those are, That's from the throwback days. I
0: don't. There's one. <laughs> there's one remaining. Look, yeah. Carl. Jeez. Carl,
3: that's it. Yep.
0: Andrew's gone. Ricky's <clears throat> gone. Zach's gone. Chris is gone. Gorgie's gone.
3: Rest in one peace. Rest, rest, yeah, rest in peace rest that squad. <laughs> 17 wins one year, I think. Horrible, I remember, so. horrible
0: team. <laughs> yeah. 17 wins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. it's been some dark uh, days yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh well let actually i guess let's start there like we i observed for a long time the wolves fan base um because gorgie was drafted and i thought that was interesting and i was going through this stage where i like to watch bad franchises I spent a lot of time with the hornets too um but i watched probably almost every game for like 3 years when he was drafted and um dark but the fan base was really interesting and hard hard to describe because <laughs> there was like an underlying pessimism at all times but um it was broken up by moments of hope mm-hmm. so what would you say is the archetype of the Minnesota Timberwolves fan base
3: yeah i think that um you you know you started watching at that time uh most of the fans who were around at that time had already been watching for another eight or nine years of playoffless basketball before that and so Mm -hmm. like i think like some people um maybe around the league who are just now starting to pay attention to the wolves again and say oh it's cool that they're in the playoffs and everything uh it's hard to really just put your mind around the depths to the, that that this franchise was at. I mean, you're talking 17 years, one playoff appearance, but it's not even just that they only had one playoff appearance. Most of those other seasons were abjectly terrible, like never even in the hunt for an eight seed. Uh, you're talking 50 lost seasons, 60 lost seasons all the time. And so, The Wolves fan that kind of survived through that was a hyper intelligent, educated NBA fan because they would go to the games and they'd watch like the actual real basketball because there there are no casuals when you're losing 60 (laughs) games a year. Like all of them are off of the table. And so um, so there was there's like this devoted little fan base that was like, I am an NBA fan. I'm going to invest in the product to try and kind of stay with it. And maybe I'm watching the other team as much as I'm watching the wolves, but I feel obligated to go. And um, so that would often lead to really intelligent discussions on what was going wrong and what was going right. And, and so they could see things, whether it was in coaching, whether it was in players with strengths and weaknesses, all of these things that maybe a lot of, Of fan bases don't have um, or at least like would have a larger section of casuals to kind of soften everything so the Wolves fan is a scarred fan and it it, it, also very pessimistic because even right now guys like there is this enjoyment this enjoyment that everyone is is taking with this team but there's still like a little bit of when is the punch coming to my face mm-hmm. and and so i i just think that it's taken so it's, it's they've been in that situation for so long an entire generation of kids have grown up in minneapolis without ever really having to worry about the wolves or or be interested just because they hadn't been um you know interesting or successful at all and now the bandwagon is starting to fill back up again but for most of that time, it was a very small, very hardy, very educated and a little surly fan base of like, why do we have to be tortured year in and year out? Why can't we ever have nice things?
1: Yeah. And I guess I was going to say about this season, the beginning of this season and preseason was there hope like this is our team. This mm-hmm. is going to be the playoff team as you guys were building it or was it like halfway through the season, everyone was like, wait a second, it's not going as terribly as it has been before? What was kind of that sentiment?
3: Yeah, I think it was definitely more the latter, Jordan. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were certainly every every season, um, even the most even the crustiest fan, the Wolves fan would would open their hearts a little bit and say okay maybe if this goes right maybe if Ricky stays healthy maybe you know if Carl gets it together and all maybe it, it it's ever everything's going to work out fine and I'm I'm going to go for it but um the one thing that was really interesting about this one is that everyone is excited about Ant you know and and he seems really charming and fun and cool mm-hmm. but i think that most wolves fans were like I'm going to make you prove it to me like I've you've had the football in front of me before and I've swung and tried to kick it and you've pulled it out from under me. So I'm really going to sit back and just let this thing sort of form for a little while before I dive in. And Mm -hmm. and so like the crowds early on were not very active um there there weren't that many people in target center the and and, you know right out of the gates the wolves lost six in a row they were you know they were three and seven at one point and so i think a lot of people are like okay here we go again same old, old wolves and slowly but surely the team started to come together and gel and i do think that this group plays with a real chemistry and camaraderie that is palpable so kind of as we got into December into January and the winds started coming a little bit with a little more frequency and people started paying closer attention, they saw not only a team that was having a little bit of success, but one that was pretty fun to watch. And so that's when the enthusiasm started to pick up. It's like, okay, Carl Anthony Towns is showing some maturity and kind of coming out of the fog of the last two years. Okay. D'Angelo Russell is is making some improvements defensively and, and 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 still making those clutch shots. And man, Ant is really, really fun. And Pat Bev is talking all sorts of trash. And and so they they slowly kind of warmed up to it. Now it feels like I mean they're all the way in, you know, their hearts are on the platter just saying, please, please deliver it for us. And the, the crowds are crazy at Target Center. Uh after game one win, everyone is, you know, through the moon with it. So uh they've fallen hard and fast, but it took a little while to get there, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. I I'm wondering if you can remember the last time that a Wolves team was exciting heading into the season, there was excitement built up around it that didn't revolve around a young player coming in.
3: Well, so yeah, the one time was Jimmy Butler when mm, when right. they when they made the trade for Jimmy Butler in twenty seventeen. Um there was a lot of euphoria. There was a lot of excitement yeah. because Tom Thibodeau and, and Jimmy were so close. Uh, there was a belief at that time that Jimmy was going to be like the the big, tough, older brother that that Wiggins and Towns and Le- or not Levine. He got traded, but Wiggins and Towns needed to um, take the next step. And and so I remember like they had a they went to the Mall of America for the press conference for (laughs) introducing Jimmy and I'm talking there's hundreds of fans that are, you know, kind of crowded around and cheering it and stuff. So there was a lot of excitement there, but that is literally the only other time um, that you could say there was that much kind of anticipation that wasn't surrounding a number one overall pick or 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 something like that and. I mean, we all know, like that thing blew up, you know, in less than a year. Um, so it, it, that proved to be foolhardy, but um, that's the one and only time that you really felt like, okay, this is a team. I think that with a with a veteran of Jimmy's stature, was going to go to the playoffs and going to become a factor in the Western Conference, and obviously, it went completely the other way.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it which has kind of been the story with a lot of the Wolves like preseason hope season. Yes. Um so the game game 1 of the opening round of the playoffs against the Grizzlies was very exciting for the Wolves fan base the Wolves but really like I think everyone we were all texting throughout it and we were having a great time watching it. Um Anthony Edwards had 36 points and 6 assists. Cat had 29 points and 13 re- rebounds. That was coming off a um, not so exciting performance for Cat, where it was almost better that he was out. Um, mm. which I gotta say, like he just seems like one of the worst hangs in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like of people you'd want to I be agree. stuck. Not Is even on true? an island with, like in an Uber with. Like I just don't. The vibes aren't great, but if you've got Anthony Edwards kind of balances out. So anyway, not to get.
3: <laughs> well, I'll tell I mean, you, it, too it, far, course, it would but... be a bad hang if you wore a referee jersey. Like, I mean, he <laughs> he does not mix well with referees and he lets them get in his head and he gets real surly about it off the court. Otherwise, the kid's the sweetest, kindest hearted guy I've ever covered. Like, but but yes, he is. uh when he gets on that court and he thinks he deserves a call and you watch him, <laughs> it's like, come on, man, like pull it together. And it's yeah, it, it can be it can be a little tough watch for sure. It's Honestly, almost like you have same. to lean
0: fully <laughs> in, though. You know what I mean? Like cause some guys can bitch and they get away with it. And it's it. people of his caliber. It's not necessarily like a fully superstar thing or a more talented thing than him, though. But I, I just feel like he doesn't lean fully into it. It's not intense enough. And it just comes off whiny.
3: Oh, so anyway, you think he needs to argue like, more about
0: it? More with more like with his chest out, like okay. make your voice deeper. You know what I mean? Go at it a little bit harder because you see guys who get those calls or who I at least, I guess, um, seems like they sway them in the future more. But anyway, this is I'm not like hating Carl Anthony sure. Towns. These are just some mm-hmm. observations I've had. Absolutely. Yeah, watching that's fair. The I, I don't
3: think I, I don't I don't think any fan would look at you and say, no, that, that's totally off base. Like, yeah, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, but um, I do like better when he plays well. Um, uh, but they basically <laughs> underdog the underdogs. Memphis is fantastic. We've yeah. known this, but they entered the season being like, I knew Harry, I knew you'd have a face. <laughs> <laughs> the minute that came out of my mouth, I kn- I knew that Harry. I think it's good. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, they did. Like Memphis is supposed to be this very fun team who's going to show everyone up, and they're the young guys. And then Minnesota comes in and game one they said just kidding that's us mm-hmm. do you think that that's going to carry on to game well, two to I, the rest of the season
3: yeah, yeah. i think i mean i, I obviously I, I love the grizz i love the swag that they play with i love their confidence i and this is kind of this series is kind of like the spider man meme because um the wolves play with that same swagger they love to talk mm-hmm. smack you know they buried russ uh when when the lakers played in minnesota they like they do not um they have they're 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 like the little brother who's been pushed around for a long time and now they're finally big enough to push back and they're going to let you know about it and and so there's so much emotion from both of these teams that I do think that in game two I just think the Grizzlies are going to play a heck of a lot harder they're going to you know the the Wolves really out hustled them outworked them did all of that and so I think that um that part of it, the intensity and the physicality that Memphis usually plays with that wasn't quite there in game one. I think that'll be there in buckets full in game two and 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 through the rest of the series. But I do think that them that the wolves winning game one wasn't a fluke. like they have two of the best three players in the series. Yeah. Um, Townsend and, and Edwards are are better at the top than Morant and Jackson. Now, Ja is probably the the best player in the series, but, um, but with, with Edwards and Towns playing the way that they did in game one, I think that's sustainable. And if Memphis decides, Hey, we're going to try and take Edwards away this time. Well, then D'Angelo Russell will get a lot cleaner looks and they will have, they have the wolves have counters to a lot of what Memphis is going to want to do. And so Uh, I think it's going to be a long series, and I think that you know the Wolves have just match up well enough with Memphis that um, that a win in this series and going to the next round is absolutely not out of the question.
1: And we we talked about fan bases too, Mm -hmm. and after that game one, I feel like just me at home watching was like, uh oh. Yeah, I didn't expect this. Is that kind of the vibe around Memphis and in the arena after the game?
3: Totally, absolutely. Um, we, we were in the you start out game one, it's really rocking in there. Memphis has one of the best home crowds in the league, and um, then it just you know, the Wolves took control right away, they put up 41 in the first quarter. And every time Memphis made a little bit of a run, the, you know, Edwards would make a crazy step back or Towns would hit something. And like by the fourth quarter, as the place was starting to empty out, the vibe in there was not like, oh man, I'm, I'm disappointed in our team that they didn't play very well. It was definitely more like, oh no, like this is like this team from up north, these cute little wolves that have always been stomped on for the last 15 years, like this ain't the same group. And and so there was like a, a a recognition that this is not a good matchup for us. And maybe, you know, they were very excited about probably, you know, winning in five and just going to get the Warriors and all this stuff. And and they overlooked the Wolves and their talent and all of those things. And so there's definitely was some nervousness walking out. And I expect that tonight for game two is I think it's going to be a little nervous early because they, they saw that um, there was nothing the Grizzlies could do with Edwards. Absolutely nothing. And so that's a, a helpless feeling, I think. And there was a little helplessness in the, in the crowd.
0: I definitely want to get to, to him because I think that's obviously going to be their main focus, but. I mean, also on the other hand, you just gotta, I wonder what Memphis is going to do tonight Inside, just overall, because yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr., one of your players, set a franchise record in blocks, and you still went away from the game getting abused inside. Mm-hmm. Steven Adams, rest in peace, you beautiful man. Like, is he <laughs> can he seriously play like real minutes in this series after that?
3: I, I don't oh, it's a great point, Haley. I I I don't understand. Really, I, I think Taylor Jenkins is an incredible coach. I think he's a good, but their their so, their whole sort of approach of we're going to use Steven Adams against Cat does not work. Like, Cat has cooked him for five years. Like, mm-hmm. just, and Steven's really important to what they do from a rebounding standpoint, veteran standpoint, all of that. But this Look just, standpoint. this particular matchup, he <laughs> cannot hang. Like, he cannot yeah. hang with Cat on the perimeter. Uh, he he, he mm-hmm. can't keep up. So um, if if they don't adjust, and you know maybe it's more Brandon Clark. Maybe like we've seen teams like the Clippers give Towns problems when you use a smaller player on him, like straight up, and then you you double quickly. Um, and I think that that's the antidote for the Grizzlies is maybe it's Kyle Anderson, maybe it's Brandon Clark, maybe it's maybe it's even Jaron Jackson. Um, and then you have someone on the backside coming to double quickly, but uh, to get the ball out of his hands because towns can get flustered in those types of situations and 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 really struggle. But if you're going to guard him straight up with Adams, this is going to be a short series and yeah. and he's going to just feast on that. So, uh, I expect some some adjustments, uh, but. You know i think that stephen adams can be very effective if they're playing golden state or playing a team that's smaller up front and you can bully them a little bit but uh towns is too athletic and too quick uh for him in this series so they better ramp that back up and they back back down and they better play john morant desmond bain dylan brooks a heck of a lot more than 35 minutes like mm-hmm. towns and edwards are playing 40 minutes plus a night and so this is not the playoffs are not for your bench like the playoffs are for your stars so those are no, two I mean, things that, that I'm watching a lot for. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was what I was confused with of Memphis, right? Because it, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, the granted, I will say again, I'm super impressed with with Jenkins as well. He's mm-hmm. sorry, I don't really follow the awards. Was he coach of the year?
3: They have I don't think they've announced that he's yet. The, th-
0: he's definitely in the running. Yeah, okay, he's a finalist. He, um, yep, he's a finalist. Their bench was fantastic all season, probably. One of the best, if not the mm-hmm. best. They probably finished very high up in some of the advanced analytics. Um, but you don't go 10 deep in a playoff no, series. You got to like, shorten that
1: bench. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's just, we all know that. Like, I yeah. could ask anybody that. That's you, because if you're a bench player, you have to know that going into the playoffs. Like, hopefully you impress before them, because otherwise you're probably not going to get in the rotation. They're limited. That being said, the manager was weird. Some people played way too much, some people didn't play enough. Like, you got to, you got to give me more ties. I don't know. It's just, it was, it was all strange, but, um, how let's, let's do a little rapid fire. All four of us here. You too. Um, ha, how do you handle Anthony Edwards <laughs> in with five the, words or less? <laughs> let,
3: so the pro wrestling is big in Memphis with the steel chair, just like, just hammer him with it and, 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 and move on. Cause if he's hitting that step back, you got no chance. <laughs>
1: no chance like you you figure out a way for him to not be in the game to like not play you I don't know distract him with his dog on the sideline or something Junior, great name let's great talk about name.
0: that for a minute my my <laughs> suggestion was gonna be that you just like a play the most disciplined defense you've ever played in your life because jaren you cannot get in foul trouble again they and he always can. gets in foul trouble. Absolutely, yeah. yeah they they cannot do this without you. Yeah. Um. But, disciplined defense, I guess, is and then just pay him a lot of attention and hope that D'Angelo Russell has the worst shooting night of his life. Um. Anthony Edwards went on some ESPN show and talked about his dog, mm-hmm. which. Jordan, like you said, is named Anthony Edwards Jr. And someone asked him who is watching his dog right now. And he said that the dog's watching itself because he knows how to feed himself and take himself out and everything. And then he said, quote, he's my best friend. He's the best thing that happened to me as far as joining the NBA. Mm-hmm. I can relate because my dog's the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> and before getting her, be- well, finding her, we just thought like I never really thought I'd have that. With I love dogs, but I never thought I'd have that. And it's so cliche, but if you get a dog, you're gonna be that cliche. So,
1: and you're gonna be happier. It's like I a love guarantee. That. Yeah,
3: <laughs> he's de- Aunt is the most genuine, like coolest dude, like that I've been around. He's twenty years old and. It is impossible just not to smile when he opens his mouth. Whatever is up here comes right out here. <laughs> yeah. There is no filter at all. And it's so endearing. Like it's so and it's so fun. And and like, yeah, the bond with the dogs, what he talks about with his teammates, like all that stuff. It's it's the greatest.
0: It. What's your Does favorite, what's oh, your favorite quote from him?
3: <laughs> well, he's got so many of them but i will say like uh in when they were in portland at the uh i think it was january uh he has a big second half kind of rescues them from losing that game and the the post game he comes out with D'Angelo russell and they're they're side by side and they're doing their their press conference and he's asked hey and i i was i asked him I'm like hey Aunt, what did you what did it feel like when you were in that rhythm and and you're kind of and you you know you were just you're scoring at will and said i felt like black Jesus and 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 you sh- the look on D'Angelo's face was like and you go and D'Angelo goes, I'm going to sit back for this one and just like so like here comes the show and keep played um,
0: game one on Easter.
3: Yes, he, I know. He is okay, risen, now, you know, he is risen. So um, he is
1: risen.
3: it's yeah, it's I mean, there but uh, there's every Last year at the end of his rookie season, I just did a story where I grabbed the best quotes from him, and there was thirty quotes that were Amazing. on there. There's just there's so much great material. But when he said, "Yeah, I feel like Black Jesus," I just was like, who boy! All right, you know." <laughs> and, and 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 everyone laughed. And no one like there there are people who would say that, and you'd feel like, "What are you talking about, man? This is going way too far." With Ant, it's just like. OK, Sure. Yeah. All right. I'm rolling with it, you know, and, and no one gets mad at it. It's 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 amazing. Jordan, what oh, were you going to so say? Bad. Sorry, cut you off.
1: No, I was just going to ask if he still has the flip phone because that was also he does. amazing, too. Yes,
3: yes. He has a flip phone. Um, And so he's like he's kind of this weird mix of old school and new school uh, because he's also like he doesn't he, as much of a. Um, as of a media darling, as he's become like, it's he doesn't seek it out. Like he's not self promotional right. that way. But then he also drives a electric blue Lamborghini. Like so he's super flashy in some ways. And then he's just super, you know, grit in in other ways and, and, and no frills. And it's it's a it's a weird combination, but it works.
1: He's so true to himself. He's yeah. going to be true to him.
3: Absolutely. He him. knows who he is yeah. and he's completely comfortable with that. And that's hard in a 20 year old like 20. you know i don't know who i was <laughs> <laughs> I'm 43 and i barely know who i am
0: <laughs> harry i i we i cut you off i ended the circle how do you uh how do you stop anthony edwards in your opinion
2: you know i'm no coach but i i will say the the it d who's former warrior so i have a Uh, some feel some type of way about him and and both want to like pound the ball to score you know they like get it size up dribble dribble whatever so i do think that there's a downstream effect to doubling like throwing a small guy on towns and then doubling him because you get that like swing swing kind of like sped up offense and it's just not doesn't seem like what the wolves want to do like ant wants to like get a head start and kind of get into his rhythm and then score and when you're putting them in a position to need to play this kind of like fast decision offense it doesn't a towns isn't great at it like he doesn't get the ball out in in the way that like Embiid or Jokic do and B you know it's not how Dela wants to play it doesn't really I mean Edwards can there doesn't seem to be a limit of what Edwards can do yet, <laughs> so maybe Edwards can play that way. But um, definitely Dilo doesn't want to do that. So I'd say I-, I do think if not Jaron Jackson, then another. I mean, it was fun. Like Patoon clamped him. Like right. you know. So it's like it doesn't need to be an all league defender. Yeah. Um. So that's my uh, that's my two cents.
3: Yeah, it's a good it's a good point, and just like. The, the one thing that the Wolves are trying to do to counteract that is Ant, Ant has become a really good catch and shoot guy. So if it does swing, swing to him, he can knock that down. Then you have Beasley, you have Jaden McDaniels, mm. guys that you can spread around. Now, one thing where they run into problems when you have that double strategy is if Vanderbilt's on the floor with Towns and he's not really an offensive threat, it's easy to really just ignore him. Yeah. So I think that this is a series, even though they need his rebounding, they will probably have like Terry and Prince uh, Jaden McDaniels getting a lot of minutes at the four who can hurt a team more offensively and hit some shots. And so it, that will be the way that they'll try to counteract that, whether that works or not, you know, we'll see, but that's, that's something that they have up their sleeve if they need to.
0: The mm-hmm. wolves bench, like can shoot threes. Yeah. That's yeah. Look, as long Rare as sentence. I watch that, yeah, that's, 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 that's new. Um, <laughs> I also think them changing the pace in some ways would be effective. Also, just the overall pace of the game. Um, you should not let the wolves get out ahead again because that was like a dagger. It felt like from the start. Yeah. So, yeah, but I don't know, like, why we're we invited on a wolves rider and we're talking about ways to beat the wolves. How do the <laughs> wolves? <laughs> how do the wolves continue? Like, can they win this series? Do you think they can? A and then B. How? How? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I absolutely think they can. And I'll, I'll say that, you know, as as they were coming down the stretch of the playoffs, they were trying to get up into that sixth seed, obviously, so they didn't have to get into the plan. But they were, once they were in the play-in, they threw everything they had at the Clippers because they absolutely wanted Memphis. They thought that, that it was a good matchup for them, that they could win this series. So they are super confident coming into it. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is that, you know, not only do they have the, the good high-end talent uh, advantage with, with Edwards and Towns, but um, this is a math problem for Memphis because in the five games now that they've played this year, the Wolves average shooting 43 three-pointers a game. The, the Grizzlies shoot 30 per game. The Wolves have shot 43% on those threes. The Grizzlies are shooting 29%. And so mm-hmm. – what you're seeing is like the way for the Wolves to continue to pound and and, and get that edge is they're getting three every time the, the Grizzlies are getting two. And so even in game one, the Grizzlies shot 16 more free throws than the Wolves and um and Ja got to the line 20 times. But the the Wolves were kind of OK with that because, OK, you take your two points. We'll take our three on the other end and see how that works out for you. And so the Grizzlies just are not a three point shooting team. Like if the Wolves were playing Phoenix, Golden State, um, a lot of these other teams that can really swing it around and knock down open threes, they're in trouble. They're getting cooked um, Mm -hmm. in defensively that way. But one of the weaknesses of the Wolves defense is they do give up a lot of threes, but Memphis doesn't take them and doesn't make them. And so that gives them a lot of confidence going into this. And then, you know, the way that their bench is playing with Malik Beasley, with Jaden McDaniels, with Torian Prince as guys who can come in and knock down shots. I think that it just gives their team a balance. Maybe that um, if Ant is having an off night, D'Angelo went two for 11 uh, in game one. It didn't matter because Edwards and Towns picked it up. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be uh, Edwards struggles one night and D'Angelo will knock down sh- shots. You have Pat Beverly being a Wolverine out there and, and going crazy and biting at ankles you know like so like they have just a lot of ways to disrupt Memphis and get get the Grizzlies off of their game and so yeah I think it's absolutely a real thing that they can win this series especially when you talk about you know already picking up one game on the road and coming back for uh game 3 and 4 at home which I am telling you guys drive up and just get your <laughs> butts in the arena because it is going to be freaking insane in there like that it, it's just going to be min- can Minnesota can turn out oh man I'm telling you the last like the last three or four weeks really the last month uh maybe maybe six weeks of the season started filling up and filling up and the the, the Clipper game was insane like I mean people were losing their minds um <laughs> what, going for and that's why you saw Pat Bev and Ant on the scores table and and going That's crazy so like they all get swept up in it so um so game three uh you know they're gonna be coming apart at the seams it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: I was gonna ask you know if if you guys win this series does Pat Bev organize a parade <laughs> at outside of Target Center <laughs> he gets a statue
3: man he gets a statue outside absolutely even better yeah I mean he's been huge for for what he's everything that they wanted Jimmy Butler to be as Mm -hmm. a leader. You know, he is this older brother. (sighs) He is the the, the, the ornery guy, you know, Hey kids play some defense, do that Mm -hmm. stuff. But he just does it in such a different way. Like he brings them along with him because he's a role player and he doesn't want to take things over. He just wants to show them a, I got your back and B like, um, I'm going to help you get to where you want to go. And so like, that while probably every other player in the league who plays against him wants to fight him, like everyone on the wolves just thinks he's the greatest thing ever. And so, yeah, like, yeah, they, they, if they advance out of the first round guys, it's going to be the second time in their history. They've ever been out of the first round, like 30, 33 years. Like that's, That's what we're talking about with this. Oh, so they might actually have a
1: parade. They yes. might deserve that.
0: Actually, Absolutely.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Parades, statues, hanging banners, wow. all that stuff like like blow it out because it just does not happen around here.
0: The second time in franchise history that they've gotten out of the first. how many times out have of they the, been first in round. the first round?
3: So they uh, this is their uh, ninth trip to the playoffs. Um, they're only their second without Kevin Garnett. And the only time that they have been out of the first round was the 2003-04 Western Conference Finals, when they got there, played the Lakers, and lost. So um, that's what we're talking about. We're doing it
0: without a single Kevin.
3: Without a single Kevin. Not a
0: Garnett, not a Love. Damn.
3: Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) It's uh, you know overcoming obstacles. You know.
0: Man, man, I love a good party, and I'll tell you what, it's not exactly warm in Minnesota, yet, But in the summer, Minnesota knows how to party. I had great times there in the summer. Yeah,
3: (laughs) and it'll be warm. It'll be warm by this week. It'll be 60, 65. So that's warm for us. Come on up.
0: <laughs> I'm in LA right now. A oh. boiling day for you all. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm going to be outside. I'm be sitting in a hammock, just <laughs> sipping on a Mai Tai and kicking back.
0: I love that for you. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to answer a listener question. This episode of Spencers is brought to you by Trade Coffee. Having a Trade Coffee subscription is by far now the most interesting thing about me. The one that I got two weeks ago, Dominic's Organic Cold Brew was fantastic and delicious. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees. So they have 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every single day. They also have a first match guarantee. Trade is so confident that they'll give you a coffee you like the first time that if they don't, they will take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com spin. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com spin and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com spin for $30 off. If you
1: don't have players on the field with the right skills, whether it's breakaway speed or elite playmaking ability, you're going to have a tough time winning. The same goes for your business. Indeed is a fast, simple way to make sure you're hiring MVPs. Go to indeed.com spinsters to claim your $75 credit before April 30th. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posts at indeed.com spinsters. Offer valid through April 30th. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined according to Talent Nest. Indeed.com slash spinsters. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: One quick, that's not not for the pod, but I'm just, mm-hmm. uh, if you guys know this, um, Ant Junior, the dog, a Twitter account has popped yeah. up. Mm-hmm. 11,000
0: uh, followers. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. is it's Anthony a- Edwards running it?
3: It's, it's it's not he's not running it, but w- one of his people is running it. It's so.
1: amazing. It's
3: yeah, well done. It's yeah, it rules. <laughs> they do a good job. How
0: cute is that? Yep.
3: It's, uh, um, yeah, it's adorable. I was
0: thinking about that when you said that he didn't have a uh, or he's got the flip phone because that means you have to log on to Twitter on your desktop. And that is really every time I've done that and I've deleted the app, I've just been happier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Almost instantly. So that might explain like where some of this balance and, you know.
3: It could. It absolutely could. Yeah. I think he does have a smartphone for, because like uh, the only thing he does is Instagram. So he does Instagram live and Mm -hmm. so all that. So I think he does have that, but he doesn't use it for communication at all. So uh, it's the flip phone. Like that's it. So
0: he can't. love that for him. Can you do emojis on it?
1: Uh Ah. I don't know i'm not sure he's doing sideways smileys yeah, like that. that's what he's sending
0: oh i wonder if he uses the dash as a nose i always thought yeah. it was weird did you guys use the dash oh yeah
3: i put the dash in there
0: okay i they see the i dash. always thought that was i a need a little separation
3: odd. between the smile and like the in the eyes oh so, okay. yeah okay okay
0: uh, you want it to be more realistic <laughs> yeah <laughs> real fan of real art <laughs> should we get to the fan question sure let's do it <laughs> okay Okay, it's
1: kind of long. Do you want me to read the whole thing? Uh, yes. Okay. <clears throat> I think so. Great. Greetings, spinsters and fellow Harry. And John. He didn't. He didn't But as we all know, the WNBA draft happened last Monday, April 11th. Normally, outside of my general interest in the league, I do not pay particularly close attention to the draft in real time. This year, however, an alumni of my beloved University of Hawaii Rainbow Amy Atwell was getting some legitimate buzz, which left me glued to my TV. It is hard for me to overstate how important this was, given that the last time a player from UH was drafted was Judy Mosley in 1997, which was the literal first ever WNBA draft. (laughs) Amy was the Big West Player of the Year and on the all-BWC first team but flew fairly under or fairly far beneath the national radar. Even the ESPN article, which as far as I can tell, was the only major outlet outside of Hawaii to cover her about her draft selection mentioned her country of Oregon before her college affiliation. All this is extremely long-winded sidebar to get to the question kicked up in my mind for the podcast. If you were a non-elite, aka not top 10 talent, that still had professional aspirations. Would you rather be a big fish in a small pond, like Amy was, and go to a place where you could be the star, but still struggle to get noticed in spite of gaudy stats, or dive into the deep end with a much greater risk-reward ratio? Love what you're doing. Please bring merch back. Aloha,
0: Harris. Soon. And this is um, from Harrison Goo. Shout out to Harrison, we love him here. I thought that this would be great to save for you because this is very much a Timberwolves question at heart. Um, so and then one thing, Amy's from Australia. So the you like the American coverage of her has been mm-hmm. very little yeah. going from there to Hawaii, even though Hawaii it sounded like I'm saying Hawaii is not in the US. Um, <laughs> did you guys see that TikTok where they were asking people in LA? geography questions oh
3: man I did not and anyway was bad. um
0: <laughs> who who has thoughts on this this is such an interesting question what would you guys prefer I think personally too like if you actually were the player not just like oh if I was a player in the NBA today and you're genuinely not thinking about it WNBA, NBA I guess anything really although maybe it de- maybe it depends on the league a little bit mm-hmm it's hard for the
1: W because every every team is a super team, and every it, it's really just market-wise, but team-wise, everyone's great. But I think personally, I would have chosen the same path as Amy and went to the, the small pond. I think she probably had and I would have different experiences just from – playing time just from kind of being that star that I think is going to prep her more for the next level Um, I can see the other side but I I probably would go go big fish small pond
0: oh I just realized here he's asking about her college decision right Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. her professional okay 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 got it because I was like wait she didn't choose she was in the draft (laughs) then I had to rethink the entire question (laughs) okay College question, but I
1: think it could still work. For, you can you can still if apply it professionally. Yeah, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. John, what yeah, do you I think? mean, I I think um, you know, if it kind of depends on what your aspirations are, a little bit beyond, right? So, like, if you are kind of hell bent on being the best WNBA player you can be about uh, or about getting as high as you can prof- professionally, maybe sometimes it's better to go into. Kentucky, Louisville, you know, whoever you're gonna do, and and really like be against the best of the best every single day in practice. Like that's mm-hmm. how you iron sharpens iron, and you get better. But I I also really like the idea of kind of building your own legacy. Like she's gonna because she went to UH, like she's probably gonna be a legend there for as long as you know she wants to be. Like so if she goes to the W and she plays and either she has a great career or if she doesn't, she can always go back to Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to go back to Hawaii and like be really well known and kind South of a, a, a fixture of the community and yeah. like, yeah. and do things that way. Like, I mean, yeah. that sounds pretty good to me. So I w- I would have no issues with that whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Harry, you can, people do that all the time. No, I know. People who are like, you know, there's like stars of college teams. They'll like go back and like do real estate or something. Yeah. People love it. Anything where you get commission. I've been thinking, okay, so you saying that made me think about this. I think it depends on the level because if you are in high school and you're saying, okay, I could go to IMG Academy, but I'd be the worst player on the team. And I'd probably get minutes, but like, prob- maybe I wouldn't even start versus I'm going to be the best player at Ballard High School, <laughs> local lawful school that my aunt used to teach at. Um, I think in today's age, i very unfortunately, I think we're all public school kids here. You'd want to go to IMG because you'd get the attention. Like, you Mm -hmm. don't know for sure. I mean, it's just, like, such a changing landscape. And this is something we've talked about a lot. Um, We might have an episode on later. But it's just genuinely, like, really, really hard anymore to get to outshine those, those schools. Although, on the other hand... Now I'm changing my answer because you also have the power of social media. Exactly. So these voices and vo- well voices for people in general, but for athletes, this your tape, your highlights, your exposure, yeah. your ability to reach out and connect with people who might you might want to scout you has never been more realistic. Like you've never been closer to them because we're all online. When you're in college, you see a lot of small pond big fish go to the the league and i but there's definitely a cutoff you know there's definitely a cutoff like you your school should have made the tournament in the last five years (laughs) yeah i'd say yeah there's a cutoff yeah Mm -hmm. now when you're in the pros there's also the scale of like how good you are how much potential you have I think you're going to get more money doing exactly what you said with her in college, going to a small place, because yeah, there's money involved. Exactly, a legacy there is forever. Now, there's also money in being the seventh man on a championship team that wins year after year after year. But how often does that happen? And mm-hmm. you're the, also the trade piece. So,
3: well, yeah, and just like a good example, like for for Minnesota purposes, Lindsay Whalen. Um, you know, she went to the Gophers and played there. She's from Minnesota. She went to the Gophers. And when she went there, they were terrible. Bottom of the Big Ten. So that was a very considered a very small pond. She mm-hmm. had a lot of success there. They got to the final four. They did. You know, she she you know was incredible. She could run for governor tomorrow and win. Like, that's how totally. popular that she is. You know, like she is literally one of the most popular athletes in Minnesota history, male or female. And yeah. she built that legacy. By doing it that way, if she would have went to Tennessee or UConn, would it have been the same? Probably not. She's one of many, many, many stars that have been in those programs, Mm -hmm. Um, but she carved her own path. And now she's the head coach for the women's team at at the University of Minnesota. And um, Mm -hmm. she's just, you know, she's she is a star here. And that would, you know, uh, Paige Beckers is going to be a huge star and is a huge star in Minnesota. Um, and, And she went to UConn. Um, it, but it's a little bit different, like it, the Wayland connection locally is incredible and something that she will have for the rest of her life.
0: Were you able to go to that game that that uh, she played Paige played in uh, the final four?
3: The the Wolves were out of town, unfortunately. So I was mm-hmm. with them um, for a big game in Denver. So I missed it. But um, I was really disappointed because she's. She's just phenomenal. She's so great and breathtaking. You talk to anyone around here who saw her in AAU or saw her at Hopkins Mm -hmm. in high school, like like she's the truth. And and I mean, it's it's not obviously it's not just women's like Tyus Jones. um, Carl Anthony Towns watched her like all of these. All the men just have nothing but huge respect. Uh, I remember I think it was Paige's senior season in high school Towns and d'angelo Russell and Joshua you all just went and sat courtside and watched because like we want to watch greatness. Like that's that's uh that's what she does. She's legit. That's
0: so Th- those cool. two are a great juxtaposition, Lindsay and uh and Paige, Paige because they yeah. really did do the opposite. And but Paige is going to be like wildly successful too. But I think you're so right about Lindsay, especially in a town like Minnesota. Um mm-hmm. well, town.
3: 80, but yeah. in the
1: small town
3: <laughs> I mean.
1: So, but you were talking about you know those those really that stretch of sad wolves years but the links yeah hey no they were hopefully they gained some more fans because the timberwolves were really bad but the links are really great absolutely so no that. the
3: links are great uh we've had parades for them they they do pack in target center um and and like it's not just the Wolves have been bad. The Twins haven't won a playoff game in like 20 years. The Vikings always struggle. So like the Lynx are the oasis in the desert. And, mm-hmm. and so they have, because they have been such a, you know, an incredible organization. Like I, I do think that, I don't think there's another WNBA team that has as much support um, in their market as as the Lynx do here. Like Cheryl Reeves, amazing. You know, Waylon, Maya Moore, uh, Simone, Maya. like fouls, like all of them,
0: mm-hmm. incredible.
3: They're all big. They're big deals here. And they're treated as such.
0: Where do you think Maya ranks in like all time beloved Minnesota? She athletes?
3: so I mean, obviously she's uh, the best. I think she's the best Lynx player of all time. No question. Mm-hmm. Um, she is she operates at a different level in terms of like like Lindsay is a big deal locally. Maya's a big deal nationally, internationally. Yeah. And yeah. that's so that's a different plane. Now everyone loves her here, um, and you know, and and has nothing but respect and and admiration for her, but she's not quite as connected just because she wasn't like here as it uh, uh, wasn't as present maybe in the off seasons or or things mm-hmm. like that, um, as Lindsay was. And so um it's a little bit different and like like Lindsay is the state's daughter. Like that's, you know, like we, we raised her. She, we were proud of her that way. Maya, we're in awe of like, she's like the, the superstar that, that no one can touch. And so um, it's a little different, but, um, but nonetheless, she's, you know, she's amazing. And she's, she, there was a big mural, like she did the the Jordan wings Um Kind of imp- when when he had the the poster where he's holding the two balls and his arms out, she did mm-hmm. uh, a pose like that, and they put a big mural on you know right above First Avenue, the nightclub, and so like she certainly has gotten plenty of attention and plenty of love around here.
1: I miss
0: I miss I watching my Moore play basketball. But yes, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I have one more one question day. for you before you go. Sure. Just going off of that, not not like let's go, Ke- Kevin Love. On so you c- you can use kind of his era the middle of his era, who are the most beloved Timberwolves? Because the people who have been promised have also have like left usually, yeah. or have mm-hmm. been traded away, or have whatever in bad fashion. Because there's been a lot of blowups and yeah. departures.
3: No, it's a good question. Um, that is one of the issues that the Wolves have had in terms of gaining a foothold like in the market again, is that they haven't had guys who have been around a long time that you really like just latch onto. And Mm -hmm. so towns has been here seven years. um, And that's, you know, that's great, but he's been through his ups and downs and, and all those things. But um, Rubio clearly Ricky Rubio, uh, I think is someone that everyone really loves um, and wants to see you succeed and wants the best for now. He did not have much success when he was here. And so, it isn't quite the same, you know, level of, uh, connection. Um, but I would say that it would be probably Rubio. Um, it would be Nikola Nikola Pekovic was kind of this n- nightclub bouncer, but a teddy bear that everyone mm. really, really liked, um, a lot. And, um, and then, uh, that's you know, that's about it. I mean, I they would have fallen in love with Zach Levine if he stayed here longer. But that, yeah. that didn't happen. Um, so it really is probably those two because Kevin Love left on bad terms um, and everyone else just hasn't really risen to that level. That's why, you know, Ant is like Ant has Minneapolis right here, just in the palm of his hand, like mm-hmm. he is, I think, the most popular athlete in town um, and he if he stays for a long time has that potential to rise to a level that only Kevin Garnett has gotten to um, with Mm -hmm. Timberwolves players like everyone here KG remains like the icon and the, the one symbol of success that this organization has had they love him to death they would do anything for him and I think Ant is on that path to getting there if if he hangs around and has some more success
0: we don't have time to get into it, but very curious that Carl's name didn't even come
3: up. Well, I'll say quickly. um, He has like, I think he has suffered unfairly um, because he's been here the longest of this current group. And so he wears all of the losses Mm -hmm. kind of that they've been through. Um, He's kind of a symbol for that. Like no coach has been here that long. No GM has been here that long. (laughs) He is the guy. And I've said all along, if you go back and look at his teammates from year to year, there has been one player who made an all-star team the previous season when he played with Carl anthony Towns, and that's Jimmy Butler. Damn. There has been, he has had literally Jeez. almost no help. Um, yeah. And so now he is getting help. Um, and now they are having success because his teammates are better. Um, and it's, he's played better, but his teammates are a lot better. And so I do think like I have seen sort of the crowd go from grumbling about Towns not being able to be LeBron and like carry Mm -hmm. a team to the playoffs to maybe more recognizing that, hey, this kid A, has been through everything with his mother, with COVID, Mm -hmm. with all of these things. And B, has just like had an organization fail him. Um, in terms mm-hmm. of surrounding him with talent, and so now, like, he does a lot in the community. Now, when he shows up places, he gets cheered. Like, a bunch of people watch him in pregame warm ups because he shoots threes from the logo. Um, and so he is getting he is building up more goodwill, um, because mm-hmm. he's finally having success on the court. And again, like, not because he's necessarily playing a whole lot better than he ever has before, but because he's got Edwards, he's got uh, Beverly, he's got Russell, he's got, uh, McDaniels. He's got a lot more around him that have done it. So I think eventually he can get back up into that conversation again. It's just that the fans have so much scar tissue built up about he's lost all the time and he's only made one playoffs. It's his fault. It's not really his fault, but he's getting blamed for it because he's the franchise guy.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to say it purely from a basketball standpoint. I do feel really sorry for him. You know, I like I feel bad for him because that's such a that's a true thing. And it's also like not to bring Andrew Wiggins into this, but sometimes the role that the Wolves have asked of these players is not an appropriate one for them to fill because they don't have enough support or ability to bring people in and kind of change parts in a larger scale impact than just like pieces they can trade for. They've, they haven't really allowed these players to find their appropriate roles.
3: Totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of people were miscast. I think they've found something now, though. I think they're building on it, and whatever happens in the series, I think they can go into the offseason feeling like they can sustain and build on this success, and it's not going to all fall apart.
0: And just bring Rubio back one more time.
3: Ah, please, please. <laughs> one more time. I would, I would absolutely love it. He's my guy, so uh, I, I, it would be the best.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank so, much, you so much John This is oh, fun I'm excited for no. the series and for this series, yes. game tonight
3: Thanks for having me I'm a huge fan of you guys I listen to you all the time and I'm happy for your success and just happy to get a little spot and hanging out with y'all so hopefully we can do it again
0: Oh Yay. thank you thank Okay you so if much. the Wolves go to the third round we're coming to town <laughs> the th- Jordan, oh, You can stay at my house <laughs> yes! Come on. We
3: got you Yeah Absolutely <laughs> just wake the kids Make up and trip. get them breakfast in the morning, okay? Like that's all I ask. So.
2: <laughs> great. Yes. Thank
3: you so much. All right. Thanks guys. We'll see you. Thank
0: ya. you.
2: Bye dad.
1: Well, that's our show. Please keep leaving us your fan questions. Don't forget the Kevin love line is still open. Call us at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluehourpods.com to be featured on the show. And as always, shout out to our amazing producer, Harry Krinsky.
2: Go Dubs. (laughs)
3: Hi, I'm Aiden from Philadelphia, and I think Philadelphia basketball has just been getting weird and wild because Doc Rivers does not know how to coach a basketball team anymore. And, I don't know, I think it's, like, comical how absurd his rotations have been. Sixers fans have been salivating for literal G League players to play. And also, just on topic of women's basketball with uh, South Carolina winning yesterday, Philly needs a WNBA team. I need someone in the media to talk about that. Okay, bye.